Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. There was a section during my burnout in which you've, you've probably been there. You're lonely. You're surrounded by people, but you're no one understands. You want to talk, but you can't find the words. You want support. You don't know how to ask. You just want someone to help you. Just You just want the answers. I've been there. I know how it feels. I had all the tools, and I still could not communicate. Now that I've come up for air and recovered, and I reflect on my relationship with my partner, I've realized there were some points in which I should have struck up the conversation. So if you're in burnout or you're struggling, managing stress, if you're just struggling in general, we're going to go over five questions that you can discuss with your partner. And if you're not in burnout and you're just listening, I want you to know that there's someone in your life that probably is in burnout. The goal is not to press them so that they get defensive. The goal is to strike a, a conversation so they can grow, so then you can be there for each other. Because it might be about you right now, where you're struggling, but one day it might be about them. And now they have an avenue, they have a question to ask you back. It's important to do this when you have time. Don't do it when you get home with all your kids screaming for dinner and it's chaotic. There's homework to be done, there's a million things to do. Probably not a good time to have a conversation. Don't do it when maybe you're drinking or under the influence of other drugs. Again, probably not a great result. Choose a very neutral place. A very relaxing place. Of course, you know what I'm going to say. I always recommend outdoors. There's a natural balance and order that, that comes to that. So the goal is to pick one of these five. After you are listening to this, I want you to pick one of these five and ask the question. In the next week, you get one week. That's my goal for you. From Coach Kelly, you get one week to ask one question and then build from there. So the first question I want you to ask or for them to ask you Feel free to listen to this podcast together. What do you like that I do daily? I will tell you when reflecting back at my crash and even before then, little things do matter. Touch, the workload, is it shared? Is it too heavy on one side or another? The check-ins, is it basic? Is it so ritual and routine that it doesn't even matter? Or are they actually listening? What's the ownership? Someone who's been married a long time gave me uh, some great advice, and they said, ownership matters. If someone says they're going to do something in their relationship, it means they own it from beginning to end. So, for example, a birthday party gift. They suggest, hey, for so-and-so's birthday party, we should get him this. Well, now he owns not only buying it, but wrapping it, making sure it's in the car for the birthday party. They own every touch point of that discussion. And again, it's it's sharing the workload, but it's not pass or play constantly. It's not bossing who's going to do what. If you say it, you own it. That was some great advice. But let's go back to the little things that matter. When you are in burnout, you just want support. You just want to be shown that you're not alone. So if you know someone in burnout or if you are in burnout, hugs, intimate relations like that that don't involve sex I will tell you people in burnout do not want to have sex and if they want to have lots of sex they're using that as a poor outlet to numb things out touch matters 
Do they feel like they belong? Do they feel loved? Do they feel supported? So this is probably not a, a good time to be maybe sitting on opposite pieces of furniture. It's probably a good time to sit on the couch together. It's probably a good time to turn off the screens and the phones and just lay there together. Touch matters. Those little things matter. Like a cup of coffee in the morning or them filling my water bottle for the day. Showing that they care for my health and happiness. These little things matter. Of course, these are specific to me examples, but certainly for my, my burnout community, it seems like we are lacking in the touch field. And it's probably because we are post-COVID, six feet apart, keep your social distance, and we are lacking the community. We are lacking the affection that we used to show each other. So touch does matter. Another part of what do you like to do daily that you can kind of impromptu start the conversation is supportive actions, preventative actions. Red alert actions. What behaviors do I do that's like, red alert, she needs a break. Red alert, he's going to blow the lid. What mannerisms do you each have that you can start recognizing so that the other person can get ahead of it? So that the other person knows, oh, I got to step up. Or, oh, I got to step back. These are conversations that you should have and should be recognizing daily. Imagine if a partner who's struggling with being so overwhelmed doesn't have to ask, can you help me with this? Can you do this next? And then can you do that? The nagging management of the household tasks. Imagine if their partner knew what to do because these conversations were already had. The preventative actions. If this conversation is hard, the question, what do you like that I do daily? Maybe form it in a different way. If, if something happened to you or to them, what would they miss the most. I will tell you it's not the money. I will tell you it's not the gifts. Based on the burnout community, what they will miss the most is those little actions. It's the little things they do daily. You'll be surprised at the answer. So those are spin-off discussions you can have off the first question. What do you like that I do daily? The second question, what do you wish I was doing daily? Oof. You'll be surprised what comes out of that. It's the small things. I remember asking that to one of my workshop participants. And they said, I would like that they just help me with prep so that my morning is less hectic because they're not there in the morning. Wow. That's like a five-minute action the night before. And it speaks bounds to her. The value that brought. Just to make sure her morning is just a little bit better. And knowing that was actually a morning chaos action, that will spin for 24 hours if he can help her out. What do you wish I was doing daily? Some sections in this to focus on are, you know, not social media standards, but explore true identity and happiness. There's so much social media that is presented in front of us that we should be doing that. And the bars are set so low. And this person should be dancing with me in the middle of a parking lot. No, what truly makes you happy? I did not think that a man pouring me a cup of coffee or filling my water bottle, that I would have such a big reaction. But I did. And now the new standard, my new bar is, are you paying attention to my health and happiness with the little things? So what's yours? Not social media standards. What is your true identity and happiness that they aren't doing daily that they can start doing? 
If there's no answer, I want you to actually explore. I know that I have a previous episode on figuring out your identity, loss of identity. I have a good blog post for a quick read if you want to go on my website. But if you do not know this, I want you to utilize a third-party counselor. It could be a marriage counselor. It could be, you know, through your employee assistance program. And the reason why I want you to do that is you need a third-party person outside of your relationship to start prompting questions between you two. I had a person I was doing leadership coaching with, and he was going to be an empty nester soon. Their kids were leaving. They were pretty close in age, and um, obviously years have went by, decades, and they don't know who they are together without their children running around to sports, running around to school activities. Go, go, go. And so before the last kid actually moved out of the house, they actually started with a marriage counselor to start to identify who they were together. And they found out their hobbies way back when they started dating and getting married are not what they are today. They used to go camping and they used to go out to certain activities at bars and they hate that. They hate crowded bars. They hate loud music. They don't want to go camping. They like their beds. They started doing an an exploration an identity search with a third-party prompter. And I will tell you, the cost of a third-party counselor, a marriage counselor, is way less than a divorce, is way less than burnout, is way less than the medical bills that I incurred. So don't be afraid of a third-party counselor. They are completely unbiased. They're not family or friends that have all their experiences to bring into it. Check them out to start prompting these conversation of who are we together? What truly brings us happiness? And the third kind of thing within this question of what do you wish I was doing daily is removing distractions, reducing the obligations, and be intentional. You already heard from previous episodes that others will steal your time unless you are an intentional. So be intentional about your actions together. Remove the distractions at the end of the night so you can spend that time together discussing this. A trend I'm seeing in the marriage side is actually weekly meetings. I know that sounds really formal, but Wednesday nights when they have the least distractions and obligations, at 8 o'clock when the kids are either doing their own thing or in bed, they have a weekly meeting to check in on similar questions as this. So stuff does not run away with them so that they feel supported. So that they don't lose where they started. So the second question is, what do you wish I was doing daily? The third question is, what impactful moment about us stands out? A simple question, right? But you'll be again surprised what matters in the relationship. Time goes by and memories just get kicked out. But they still remember these certain moments. And the reason why is it goes to their core values. It fulfilled something that maybe in previous relationships were really difficult that someone else couldn't provide. Review the good and the bad. What good, impactful moments stands out, but also the bad. Why is that that way and not the other? Why is it bad and not good? Why is it good and not bad? How can you support? How can you repeat or not repeat such behaviors? So the third question is, what impactful moment about us stands out? Four, where are you struggling right now? And that Obviously, I'm talking about the burnout community right now, but that could go both ways because you would be surprised how many people are silent. You would be surprised how many males in my workshops cry at a certain moment and wipe their tears away so no one can see. 
Never assume that someone is not struggling. And if they don't have an answer or you don't have an answer on this, that is okay. But you don't erase that question. You revisit that question again. And then you revisit that question again. And eventually, something will come out. It's not that you're nagging. It just has to be in the right moment in time where they feel safe enough to answer. Where are you struggling right now? Go through my website and burnout resources to focus on an area to start. There's lots of free resources out there. This could be short-term or long-term solutions. This could be just reducing the loneliness of, I just need to talk to someone right now. And that you can do together. Where are you struggling right now? I think it's really important that whatever comes out of that discussion, there is follow-up actions. Again, the short-term versus long-term solutions. So short-term might be, okay, well, right now, we're going to be doing some house chores at night together, so your mornings aren't so hectic. Right now, I can tell that you value filling your water cup or your coffee in the morning, so I'm going to make sure I get up five minutes early so I can do that for you. And then can you do this for me? And then long-term solutions might be, hey, we spend a lot of our time cleaning our house. Maybe it's time that we spend some money on a housekeeper so that we can spend time together. Or, hey, maybe we're feeling a disconnect and loneliness right now, so we need to get out for date nights more often. Or we need to be more intentional with our time, like the last question. So the fourth question is, where are you struggling right now? A very focused question. It's going to change over time. There's going to be new struggles. There's going to be old struggles that come up. There's going to be some ugly skeletons, I'm sure. But it's a great question to make sure that's not barreling up to be a monster. Number five, what can I do to be there for you more? There was a great book I read, and we were in marriage counseling, and things were not going well. And there's a great book she had us read, which was The Love Language Understanding. There's a great book she had us read. Now, certainly, we got a lot of knowledge out of, it, out of it, but there was no action afterwards, which is where we failed. The book was Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And basically, it goes through the love languages that people have and how their partners can meet them halfway to satisfy such love language. So it goes through words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch, and it breaks those down. And then it breaks down even actions that you can do if your partner is not communicating. How can you meet their needs? It's a great book. It's an easy read. You can read it in probably two nights. And it's definitely a book that I would recommend reading together or even you read it, they read it, and then you discuss it. Discuss your love languages. What can I do to be there for you more? And then continue these discussions to keep growing. Don't hide the skeletons. They're going to grow into these monsters. So again, the fifth question, be prepared to take action after. If you ask your partner or they ask you, what can I be there for you more? And you do not react or at least meet halfway, things will get very bad. It's kind of like in HR when I would do employee surveys and you would see a high trend of a demand or an unsatisfactory area that the employees are having, and then the company does not do an action on it. The reaction is not great. So follow through and check-ins after these conversations will be crucial. Again, have those weekly meetings. Start getting rid of the crap at night that is distracting you, and be there for each other. Time is not guaranteed, but you can be intentional about how you use your time. It is all just talk until an action is sustained. So I will tell you, if I would revisit my relationship conversations during my burnout crash, I would revisit 
in these five questions. What do you like that I do daily? What do you wish I was doing daily? What impactful moment about us stands out, the good and the bad? Where are you struggling right now? And what can I do to be there for you more? I hope you found these questions helpful. Certainly, if you're in burnout, I want you to send this podcast to your partner and say, can we take some minutes later this week and talk and give them some time? Again, you can even preface it where I'm struggling. Can we begin talking? Here's a great episode. There's more on the relationship section in my book coming out December 16th called Mending Broken Armor, a practical burnout recovery guide in which there's 40 tools and techniques right inside a book right inside there for you to begin working on your action plan. I know you're not lazy, otherwise you wouldn't be here working on self-growth. Piecing together the puzzle is half the adventure, and finding energy towards your new habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions. Check out videos on burnout tools to move from zombie mode to liveliness on my website. See you soon!